Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Damon Owen, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thanks, Good to David. Be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how the Lord wants to speak to us today? Absolutely. And just to lead into our prayer, we're going to uh, ask God to, you know, we're just going to trust God with our past, our present, and our future. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, reflection. The past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. The present is God's gift to be lived in love. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for this for this moment. You are the God of now. Thank you for the present of the present moment. Uh, we we trust we trust in your mercy, Lord. Help us to trust more. We trust in your providence for our future. We trust that your plan is far better than ours. But Lord, please increase our trust. Thank you for this opportunity to break open your word, to to gather here together, to to read the gospel that we'll read this, that we'll hear this Sunday, to prepare our hearts for mass in a special way. So Lord, please uh, send the Holy Spirit into our conversation. Please send the Holy Spirit into our lives to uh, just to, to, to be filled with courage, to be filled with a zeal to get to know you and love you and serve you more each day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God, we we lift up our country to you. We pray for unity among all people and conversion of hearts in every man, woman, and child. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Damon, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'll be privileged. We're in Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? And he answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. 
By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It's uh, it's awesome how Jesus doesn't sugarcoat things, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, just Damon, as you were reading that, you know, we'll be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. You think of the people that are closest to us that we should just trust that they have our backs. Jesus is saying that you know there's going to be a time when you know there's going to be there's going to be division, there's going to be persecution, even within your your closest circles, and you'll be hated by all. Not some may not like you. Some may decide not to hang out with you anymore. No, you will be hated by all because of my name. But then he has the promise, but not a hair in your head will be destroyed. Here it is. You know, they, they, without sugarcoating it at all, Jesus is, is laying it out here for us. And, uh, and it's, we have to choose. You know, we have to choose whose side we're on. And it's really cool. Last week I was at two high schools, two days in a row. And it, it's, it's rare that I have two high schools uh, back to back. And it was uh, eight presentations on Thursday, eight presentations on Friday. And, uh, and I was praying Thursday morning. I said, Lord, what do you want to say to us during these visits? And that morning mass at the high school, it was just a little private mass, not private mass, but a little mass before school. So it wasn't a school-wide mass. Uh, so a quiet chapel, the young lady read the first reading and then father said, Oh, that, that was last Thursday's reading. Mm. And I just prayed, Lord, what do you want to say? And, and I believe, you know, where the world might say that was a mistake, nope. that was God's answer. And it was Ephesians six, where it says to, you know, about the ar- oh, arming up, but then but, but before talking about the armor, he says, rely on my power and might. Rely on my power and my might. Your struggle is not with flesh and blood, right? So we're just coming over, you know, elections and, and you know, my side and your side, all this stuff. You know, we, we, we get hurt by parents and our relatives and our brothers and sisters. We're hated by some people. And God is saying, your struggle is not with flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle that all the evil in the world and, and the evil that's done to us the evil one, unfortunately, uses and abuses us to, to hurt each other. Just like God needs us to usher his love into the world. The same is true on the on old darky boy side, right? That he uses and abuses people to usher his uh, to his to usher his evil in. So that really gave me a lot of peace that in the times when the persecution, you know, that I've received, you know, when I think about that and like I, I kind of stew about it, about people that have hurt me, it's not a flesh and blood thing. It's a spiritual battle, and the evil one is just using people to get to, to pierce my heart. And there's a line that comes after that, Rob. It says, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. And that's the call to each of us. It's not lip service to the Lord. It's our perseverance, perseverance in prayer, perseverance in saying, Lord, continue to use me every day to be a blessing to others. Continue to use me as an instrument in the salvation of souls. It's every day getting up and putting God first in your life, inviting God along on the journey throughout your day at your workplace, in the community, in the church. It's inviting God to be along with you as you parent your children and as you love God's daughter, his sister, his bride, your wife if you're a man, a husband if you're a woman. I'm telling you, it's the perseverance. It says to persevere in prayer throughout scriptures. So for me, I mean, it's it's our active participation. When we give our yes, it's not lip service. Our yes is proven out, proven out by our action. And that's the fruit of love. That's the fruit of love, which we're known by as Christians. And, and I think, too, to pick up on that, David, um, when I see the word perseverance, particularly in a, in a 
faith context or gospel context like this, it's that's exactly what I think is it's our faith in action. It's it's how we carry our faith out into the world. That is through perseverance because we're we're not, you know, we're we're not um, dissuaded. We're not knocked off course. We just consistently go in the direction that the Lord is calling us. And and the, the thing that jumped out at me most from this passage as I read over it was, um, number one, Jesus tells us like three things here specifically. He says, do not be deceived. And then he says, do not be terrified. And then further down, he says, you're not to prepare a defense beforehand. And in keeping with what you said, Rob, earlier about just total reliance on Jesus, we need to discern the truth. You know, the truth isn't just um, right or wrong, it's a person, you know, and it's it's how we look at life. It's how we respond to to the gifts that we've been given in, in our life, and the fact that we're here, that the fact that we have a time, that we have a present, and then do not be terrified. That touches our heart, you know. Do not be deceived. Kind of touches our head. Do not be terrified. Touches our heart, mm-hmm. and then he says, do not prepare a defense beforehand, which gets to the point about about being, you know, in in Christ's presence, because he says, for I myself will give you the wisdom in speaking. So before we speak, before we act, we have to know the truth. We have to know the person who's the truth. And we have to not be terrified. We have to make sure that our heart is strong and our faith is secure. And then as we move forward, we have that have that surrender, that trust that says, I'm not even going to worry about this. I'm just going to go and do what I have to do. I'm going to be the, the the person of Christ for other people, and I know I'm going to get persecuted. I know I'm going to get, you know, attacked, um, but I'm 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 not going to worry about that. And I'm going to put myself in in Jesus's hands because I know that when I I need to speak, He's going to be speaking through me. And that's to, to your point, David. I think that comes from our perseverance. We get more confident. We get more. The more we test our faith, the more our faith is is called upon in our life, the more I think we, we come to experience that. And that's the point is, it's not in in the easy times that we experience Jesus. He says, for I myself will give you wisdom. And that's where we're going to experience him in those adversities, in those difficult situations. I'm always struck by the, what I call the divine or biblical contradictions, right? Where you think you understand something, you think something has a, a an explicit meaning because of your own personal experience, and God comes in and says, "That's not exactly what's what's there." Yeah. You know, it's the examples of you know the dad taking your kids to your kids to a baseball game and teaching them what the game, and don't be don't be alarmed by the roaring crowds. Watch the first baseman. You know, watch the pitch, the way he's holding that, showing you things that what you're looking at isn't always what you should be seeing. And the scriptures are full of these, right? It's not in the wind. It's not in the thunder. It's not in the storm. It's in the wee small voices, right? It's that Ezekiel, Elijah. And here in this, this, he's like, he's almost like a daddy. He's taking the disciples around and he's saying, yeah, look at these costly stones. Look at this big temple. But guess what this really is? This is nothing compared to the temple of who you are. And that all this can be thrown down to there's not one stone standing, but your temple the Holy Spirit being in you, that's the real power. And even the whole verse here about, you know, how do we read the times? How do we read the end times? It's like a kid asking the dad, how do you know it's going to rain, dad? How do you know? Well, don't look at all this. Watch here. And the Lord is constantly saying there is more to be seen than what you're just looking at, that the natural world and its beauty and its fullness is a sign of its supernatural fullness. And we have to have eyes to see 
and ears to hear. And being able to persevere and to stay and remain with that vision is difficult because everybody around is is running around based on what they see. And they're telling you, look, it's a big war. The, Jesus is going to come. I had a vision. Jesus is going to come, right? Or this is the war to end all wars. And people can get you. This is the election that will end all elections, right? And we get these signs that this is the end. And the Lord is saying, no, let me tell you how to read the signs. And the spiritual always reveals itself through the natural and we have to have eyes to see and ears to hear the way God speaks. And it could be in a, will, a, a wee small voice. It could be in the contradictus, the speaking against of what we think. But the real power comes in in seeing God behind all of these things. And it's not a wishful thinking. It's faith. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Yeah. So it seems the Father always want to give us his vision, a divine vision, for us to read not only our own lives, but the, the, the times themselves. And there's such an important piece also here where Jesus is teaching us, don't be afraid. Mm. Do not have fear. All these things are going to happen. And too many times we take the bait of Satan. He uses fear all the time to silence us, to cause us to be distracted from the beauty of the gift of the present moment. And so this bait of fear, when we take it, if we have fear, that's faith in the wrong kingdom. When we have fear, it's faith in the wrong kingdom. Because if we truly trust God, that he's involved in everything that's happening, then we turn and say, Jesus, I trust in you. And so for me, it's so important, you know, as you were sharing, Damon, to to know the word of God, know him as a person, but then also go into a deeper intimacy with him. Because invite God along on all decisions, in everything you do. Because when we do that and we truly know him, we know the word of God, the written word, but the word becomes flesh, enfleshed within us, then we also grow into that ever-deepening intimate relationship so we can ask God, you know, should I make this purchase of this home? Should I this? Should I that? Show me this. And it's amazing how when you get in that relationship with God, you get those spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual eyes to hear, and it your life becomes a great adventure. I remember a story that just happened. I was looking at a piece of property. You know, I said to the, I said to the person I was looking at it with, I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, I'm not going to go ask the people. I said, I said, they've had that forever. I said, they want double the price it's worth. I said, I'll tell you real simple how it is. If God wants us to have that, they'll put a for sale sign out in the front of it, and then I'll go see it, and they'll take the price that's half the price that they wanted three years ago. I said, unless that happens, I got no interest. <laughs> 30 days later, I couldn't handle it. They were putting a for sale sign mm -hmm. on the property. I made the call, and the price they wanted was almost exactly half the price they wanted three years early. <laughs> now, God has a sense of humor. You can't make these things up. And I just cracked up laughing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But, you know, God wants to do that. He's our Father. He delights in in those things he does for us, mm -hmm. those heavenly kisses, those impossible things that are always possible. All things are possible in and through God. And Tom, you had mentioned one word that is a word that I'm sure I heard throughout my upbringing. I was born and raised in, into a Catholic family, went to eight years of Catholic grade school, uh, went to Mass on Sunday, and I'm sure I heard this word, but my heart was never ready. And the word that you said was surrender. I never knew the concept of surrender. And, and in worldly terms, we're talking about the sign of the times and the worldly stuff. In the worldly terms, surrender is weakness. Weakness. Right? You don't Failure. surrender in a war. You don't surrender in business. You don't surrender in a fight. You don't surrender in a game. You do not surrender. It's weakness. 
And then when I was introduced to it, a, a guy that I had helped with something sent me a book as a thank you. And it was a 40 day journey. And on day seven of that journey, it was the whole idea of surrender. And the Lord was working on my heart for a year leading up to that point, reading the Bible every day and, uh, and just and starting to pray and serve at, at, at my parish. And then this book comes and, you know, read day one through six and day seven was that idea of surrender where you're just like, I'm all in. Yes. Like that you give your yes to God, you know, not just showing up at mass and checking the box, but your yes, that yes, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my marriage, my, my work, my kids, everything, my finances, it's all yours. So just when, when I, when I heard that word time, I was just, you know, wondering, you know, in, in my heart, uh, you know, Lord, is there anyone out there that might've heard that same word and, uh, was wondering what, what the heck does that mean? Right. Mm. Um, so if anybody's out there wondering about surrender, it is a beautiful invitation that God has for us each and every day of our lives, that it's not a one and done deal. It's a, you know, maybe that first time is going to be such a memorable moment. Mine was December 31st, 2003, but every day, all throughout the day, we have to live a life of surrender, a life of surrender where we trust that God's plan is so much better for me than my plan for me. Absolutely. And, and and so important for me, one of my biggest fears was speaking in public. <laughs> I would break out in a sweat. Uh, my mouth would go totally dry. I would almost stutter. I couldn't do that. I couldn't stand in front of an audience. Well, I think I was in good company. I think Moses had a little problem with that also. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the Lord ended up taking me through a journey to where now I go in and speak to people all over the country, business leaders, people, quite honestly, all over the world. I got to speak to over 16, 600 government government officials in Vietnam. And I was like, what am I going to do? I don't speak Vietnamese. <laughs> but it was beautiful because, again, I had to surrender the talk to the Lord. So every time before I give a talk, I always say, Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit into my heart. Let me share what you want me to share. You speak through me. Use me as your instrument. And God will prepare me for the talk ahead of time with just nuggets. And I always write a nuggets down on one sheet of paper, but then I don't look at them. And then I get up, I open with a prayer, and it's beyond my understanding what comes out of me. And for each audience, it's different, but it's beautiful. And after a talk, people come up and say, oh, man, what you said there? What? And I'm like, what did I say? I don't remember. That's yeah, right. I don't. Right. Right. I don't. Right. I don't re- yeah. In fact, when they tell me what I said, I'm like, "That's good. I said that. <laughs> I said that. Can I use that sometime? Yeah. yeah. So it's beautiful, but that's the way we're come to come to God as little children. Father, help me. I always like to say, Mother Mary, be with me. Stand with me on this stage. Hold my hand. Comfort me. And it's beautiful. Now, I do take a bottle of water up with me because I still get dry mouth. But it's beautiful how God will take us, take our weakness and make it one of our greatest strengths. When we do what? Surrender it to him. It's his wisdom, not mine. It's his truth, not mine. And, and I think you're in good company on that, David, because just about three weeks ago, I was listening to EWTN, and they had a special on the life of Fulton Sheen, Bishop Sheen, and or Archbishop Sheen. And one of the things that he said, people, somebody asked him, how long does he prepare? Because he was speaking all week, all the time. And he said, I will spend 30 to 40 hours a week in preparation. He said, but it's not the kind of preparation where I prepare specifically for the talk. He said, 
I'll be taking notes. I'll be writing things down. And then I go in and I just let the Holy Spirit That's speak it. through me. He said, but I'm preparing all week. Every time I talk, I'm I'm prepared because it's what I do all week. The masses, you know, when, I, when I'm hearing confessions, I'm always in preparation. So what you in writing things down and then putting them aside is really what what Bishop Sheen said he did. And, uh, and I, so I think you're in good company. Um, the other thing too, that you mentioned Rob about surrender that, that in my own experience, you know, I've come across this concept and, and we do, we heard it when we were kids, I'm sure, you know, but the, the idea of surrendering to God and you do that and there's a consolation to it. There's a, there's a rush. There's a good feeling about it. Like I've turned my life over to God and three weeks later, a month later, or two months later, you realize you, you, you got to do that again, you know? And uh, the idea that surrender is something that we have to do like every day, all the time, every minute, because there's always somebody there feeding us something that our ego will just pick up on and say, oh, okay, I see where you want me to go, God. I see, I see what you want me to do. No, no, that's not it. Surrender. Let me be open. Like you, yeah. like you were saying, David, just be open and let me, let me lead you. Let me tell you what, because we get in our own head and then there's an echo chamber in there and we start hearing our own voice and we think it's God's voice, not realizing that, no, that's not, that's not what, you, what I'm being, I'm being called to. That's not what you're calling me to, you know? So there's, there's that element of faith too. It's not just the surrender once it's that we have to keep working at that. Yes. And then I think as maybe you've experienced, David, it becomes just a part of our life. Like yes. we're, we, if, when we get out of surrender, we feel bad. We yes. feel wrong. We feel like there's something like, well, that was, really wasn't from God, you know, and we can identify it more quickly. So I think there's that element to it too. It's not just, you know, that good feeling that we get when we do it the first time, you know, kind of like that conversion. But so. there's something about that first time though, that, that it, it oh, goes yeah. against our, our expectation, right? Yeah. It's victory through surrender, you know, yeah. power yeah. through weakness, uh, blessed are the poor; they'll inherit the earth. I mean, there's yeah. this, there's this whole contradiction that is that is the the core of the gospel that that we may hear it, may intellectually even accept it, like oh okay, but not until the first time we actually experience it, we go, yeah. this is real. Yeah. And you can almost put yourself in the position here again in Luke 21, where he's telling people that you'll be led before governors and kings. So you got the poorest of the poor people right here who are listening to this itinerant preacher who claims to be God and is telling them that you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get put in jail and you're going to get persecuted so that you can be free. You're going to be put in prison <laughs> in order to set people free. Right. You're going to be led before kings and governors and you're not even going to know what you're going to say and I'm going to tell you what to say. Yeah. And as long as you persevere, <laughs> then what? Then you will secure your life. This whole gospel is crazy yeah. in the natural. Is the contradictions are just so contradictory. This is this is what become a sign of contradiction. And to yes. be a Christian is to be that sign of contradiction, to tell the world everything you're looking at, you're not seeing. That yeah. if you see through God's eyes, it actually is is completely different. If you turn the binoculars literally mm. the other direction. Yeah. You ever look at binoculars the wrong way? Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's just you can't see anything. This thing's so small. You turn them the other way and the world comes to you. Right. So I just think this power of the contradiction of the gospel takes on its greatest power in us when we actually do it. Well, it's amazing how God allows us to go through our things to so he can teach us. So yeah. I, I got to speak at the National Conference for Theology of the Body the one time and Rob was there and and I didn't listen to God. I wrote seven pages of notes, and I went up to speak with seven pages of notes. And you know what? God has a sense of humor because I picked the pages up 
to catch where I was at in the middle of my talk, and the pages fell from my hand (laughs) and went all over the floor. I had no more notes, and all these people are looking at me, and I'm like, Lord, help me. And I finished the talk (laughs) without them. And what the Lord really wanted to teach me was, when you write it all down and you go off, I get totally confused. If I look at my notes, if I get out of the movement of the Spirit— It's about me, and I get totally confused. So as painful and embarrassing as that moment was, it was a great teaching lesson for me to just trust God. He will give you the words when you are truly surrendered. He will prepare you for the talk ahead of time. You'll know it's happening, but then you got to let it in his hands and let it be him that is guiding you. So, oh my, thank the Lord that he's gentle the way he does it, but oh my, he can take us through some embarrassing moments. Uh, and, and, and I think we also learned to make sure that you had a, a water bottle with you. I, th- I think you had a run-up water bottle. I remember. Yes, you did. You had a run-up water bottle up because I went totally dry. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Dave, because you know, I think people are more afraid to speak in public than to die, most people, right? So the fact that you're able to uh, you know, just to speak so openly about about that, I think will help uh, help a lot of people out there that have to speak in front of uh, you know even even if it's a small crowd. Uh, but I just wanted to touch on something as it relates to Archbishop Sheen and preparation. And uh, you know, he spent 30, 40 hours a week preparing, and a big part of that preparation was he was he was persevering. In his, mm-hmm. his entire life with his holy hour. Mm-hmm. Every day mm-hmm. he made a holy hour with our Lord in the Eucharist. And talk about perseverance. I mean, he was a busy man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just to have the archbishop role alone, but then you put his TV and his writing and everything. Um, and, and I, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a call uh, to action for me is to, is to try to regain that intentional purpose perseverance as it relates to my time in front of the Eucharist uh, as just the most important part of my preparation uh, for, yeah. for the ministry that we do. And I see, I think that's where the strength comes in, because to your point, Damon, the surrender seems like illogical, like surrender, that's weakness. But the surrender, persevering in the surrender is what requires the strength, you know, continuing to put yourself out there, you know, and and speak to people when it's not a comfortable thing for you to do. Continue with that holy hour, you know, persevering in that. It's once we make the surrender that the strength is called out of us, mm-hmm. that we're, we're asked to be faithful, we're asked to persevere, we're asked to, you know, to speak uh, in, in, to our adversaries. And that takes strength. That's not something that, that can be done easily. And to, to persevere in the surrender that don't prepare a defense ahead of time. I'll tell you what to do and just wait. I'll come to you. I'll tell you what you need to do. If you're not deceived and you're not afraid, you're not terrified, I'll be there for you. I'll mm-hmm. be there. But you need to you need to persevere in that. You need to be faithful. You need to, that's where the strength comes in. That and you don't you don't know that. You don't experience that until you do the surrender. Till you do the dumb thing and realize the the God's logic is so much better than our logic, you know. Amen. And at the end of the day as we close this 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 breaking open the bread of life is we own nothing. We are stewards of all things. Everything we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help and bless others with and to bring honor, glory, and praise to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May God bless each and every one of you. Let's change the world. Bye-bye. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. 
We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.